This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 92. On today's Get Ruthed coaching episode, we're chatting with EBA student Kat Bird about finding your focus when there are just so many things to do. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is brought to you by Elite Blog Academy, our comprehensive program for starting and growing a successful, profitable, and sustainable online business. The doors for Elite Blog Academy only open to the public once a year and will be opening very soon. To make sure you don't miss your opportunity to enroll this year, be sure to join our waiting list at EliteBlogAcademy.com. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of Living Well Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of six books, including my newest book, Do It Scared. In today's Get Ruthed coaching episode, we'll be chatting with Katherine Bird, who is the founder of the RV travel site, Wandering Bird. Great name, right? Right now, Kat desperately needs help figuring out what to focus on first in order to really start growing her business and her revenue. Like so many online business owners, she feels like she is being pulled in a million different directions. And she really just needs to know what she needs to focus on and what she needs to do in what order. Now, before we dive in with Kat, I just want to quick remind you that you can grab all the show notes for this episode along with all the links to everything we're going to be talking about by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 92. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 92. Also, if you too have a blog or an online business, or you're just thinking about starting one, getting inspired from all these Get Ruthed episodes, be sure to grab your free copy of my best-selling book, How to Blog for Profit Without Selling Your Soul. This book, guys, has sold almost a half a million copies around the world, and now it has been completely updated for 2020, and my goal is to get it in as many people's hands as possible, which is why, for a very limited time, I am giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay the shipping and I will send you a physical copy of this amazing book. To grab it, just go to EliteBlogAcademy.com slash book. Once again, that's EliteBlogAcademy.com slash book. Alrighty, without further ado, let's find out how we can help Kat take her business to a whole new level. Hey, Kat. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. How's it going? Are you ready to get roofed? Yes, as ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit nervous, but not too Uh, bad, right? Well, yeah, it's like an exam. You are literally the person who taught me how to do all this stuff, and now you're going to judge it in front of a lot of people. It's terrifying. (laughs) Oh, I'm a little judgy, but not, not 
bad judgy. In a good I way. Think good judgy, In a good way. right? Yeah. Good judgy. <laughs> Doesn't stop <it> being scary. <laughs> okay, so let's just start. Why don't you just start by telling me where you feel like you're struggling the most and where you most like where you most want help today? Okay, so I've worked really hard this year on creating content and my traffic has grown massively. I started the year at like 10,000 sessions and I didn't know anything and then obviously started with EBA and worked through it all and I've learned how to SEO. Who knew that was a thing? Um, And it's grown. I've just hit 100,000 page views a month and I started to earn some money off that ad revenue, which is great, but I am not utilizing that traffic well at all. Um, I, I found out from listening to your other Get Ruth podcast that email conversion rate is a thing. Uh, and mine's, <laughs> mine's not good. It's about one, one and a half percent at the moment. Okay. Um, so I really want to work with that. I don't have any products because I have spent all this time creating content to drive people to the website, but I haven't created any product that they can then use. And I'm kind of scared that I've broken my audience and that I've given everything away for free. Um, and I don't know how to walk that back to like, I, I don't know what to do with that situation because I feel like I've answered as much as I can over this year with like my avatar's pain points. And now I heard what you said to Cassidy over like, save your best bit so that they pay for it. And I'm like, well, mine's out there and it's ranking in Google. So what do I do? <laughs> so that's probably my biggest issue. Um, and then like along the same lines, I don't have affiliate links. I have the odd Amazon link, but I'm, I'm so bad with affiliates because I'm so scared of doing the wrong thing, especially in email that I don't want to then get kicked out of a program or do something wrong. So I don't do anything, (laughs) which I know is bad. I know it's bad, but I (laughs) I don't do anything. Um, And then I think another thing is probably, I just feel like a hamster on a wheel because I've been working so hard at churning out content and getting the traffic in because my, my biggest revenue source is ad revenue. So it's traffic. And I'm scared that if I stop that to focus on products or fixing the conversion rate or other stuff that like everything will stop and the whole thing will fall to pieces. So those are probably my biggest points. Okay. I'm sure you'll find some more. (laughs) So right now you're busy, you're, you're stuck chasing peach views is pretty much because all of your revenue is coming from the fact that you are, the more page views you get, the more revenue you get, the more ad revenue you get. Yeah. Okay. So that's, we'll call that problem number one. (laughs) I know you think that's answer number one, but that's actually problem number one. Uh And um, and then number two is that your on-site conversion rate is low, low, low. low. Mm -hmm. So you've got a fair amount of traffic coming to your site, but you're not actually converting that traffic, which is transient traffic, into subscribers who are paying who are your fans, who are your people, who you get to connect with and create a deeper relationship through email. But as it turns out, that probably doesn't matter that much anyways, because even though you, even the small people you have on your email list, you're not monetizing that in any way. Not really. I'm sending them links to blog (laughs) posts that maybe give me like a penny if they click on the link. More more page views. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, cat. Okay, so there's good news here because there's actually tons of room for improvement. And oh, there really is. Yeah, tons of yeah. room for improvement. So the really good news is, I mean, for a lot of people, 
The hardest part is something that you are already getting. You're already getting 100,000 page views a month, right? Or 100,000 100, something a month. Yeah, it's page views, yeah. Page views. Yeah. So that's amazing. Like you're doing really well from a traffic standpoint, especially because you're a UK blogger. Yeah. So UK blogs tend to get tend to not always get the same amount of traffic as US blogs do. Really like page view per page view because it's a you're starting you're starting with a smaller audience unless are you what where do where are you finding that most of your traffic is coming from? Is it coming from the UK or is it coming from all over the place? Yeah. So I have a motorhome and road trip travel blog that's based in the UK and it helps UK motorhomers or people who want to come to the UK and, and do road trips and stuff around the area or UK and Europe. So most of my traffic is UK-based. Um, about 30% are Americans, and I think they often end up there accidentally thinking it's something to do with our being in America, and, and it's not. <laughs> um, so I don't know how much of that is real or not, but I don't get much traffic from Pinterest, so a lot of it's off Google. Okay. So those are all really good things. Like all of those things are going strong for you. You have such great potential here. I think you could make some, just a few tweaks and actually make way more money and see way more, way, way more success and results out of the, the effort that you're putting in. And I know you're putting in a lot of effort, right? Because you're working on this full time. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So your goal is to earn a full time living from this, from this, right? Well, yeah, what's kind of funny about this is I didn't actually know until last May, so what, a year and a half ago, that you could make money from a blog. Who knew that was a thing? (laughs) Um, I literally started this. I quit my job. I used to be an air traffic controller in London, and I quit my job to run away around Europe in a motorhome. Um, And I just sort of started it as an online diary. And then about two months in, I realized that people were making money from blogging. Who knew? Who knew? Um, yeah. So that kind of became a goal, which I'm still working on. Still working on. So you make, yeah. you're making some money right now. Yeah. I, I've just broken. When I first started, when I first started hearing that people were making money, my massive big goal, if I could do this, I'd be happy for the rest of my life, was to make a thousand pounds in a month. Um, and I hit that last month, which is amazing. That's amazing. Obviously, now my goal has grown. <laughs> so that isn't going to make me happy for the rest of my life. But, you know. It was, it was, it was yes. awesome to hit it. It was really exciting. To to realize, well, I think the important thing about that is to realize, first of all, that it's actually possible to make money mm. online. Because like, at first, when especially when you're, you, like you said, you only knew this a year and a half ago that you could even, that it was even possible to start a website and to earn a living from it. It almost seems like crazy, right? Or magical yeah. or yeah. like. Come on, yeah. what's the yeah. what's the There's trick here? There's yeah. a catch. There's yeah. a catch. So the fact that all of a sudden you are making some money, all then that's where I think it opens the door to realize, oh, well, if I can make a thousand pounds, there's no reason I can't make ten thousand pounds from so it longer. A hundred thousand. Yeah. Like what's the like if it's possible to do a little bit, it's possible to do more and more and more. Cause that's the beauty of of online, right? There's it's basically unlimited potential that you're tapping into. Yeah which is quite exciting, quite scary, but quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say more exciting than scary. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. It, <laughs> yeah, it kind of, sometimes I get a bit frustrated because I'm like, oh, if only I'd fixed all these things first and all of this traffic, I'd have been making more money. But then I don't think I would have been so ready to like create a product and stuff, which is something that I feel quite intimidated by if I hadn't 
proven that I can get the traffic in. Yes. That makes sense. Yes, totally. Totally. But now your new hurdle to overcome because mm-hmm. here's like here's the secret that you need to know. If you're getting a hundred thousand page views a month, you're getting enough traffic that you should be making a lot more than a thousand pounds. Like it's awesome that you've you've done it up to to what you've done so far, that you've shown yourself it's possible. But now, now is the time where you need to start working on maximizing that because you have so much potential for maximization that I don't think that you've even started to tap into. And you're still spending all of your time working on content, which is not where you need to be spending your time. Because the beauty of SEO, especially if most of your traffic is coming from SEO, Mm -hmm. you're already getting it. It's still, if you stopped producing content tomorrow, you'd still be getting that SEO traffic because you've done the work of, of SEO. So SEO is kind of playing the slow game, right? It's playing the long yeah. game where it takes a while to build up that momentum. You have create all this content. You don't know which things are going to start hitting or getting traffic from SEO. And so you're optimizing, optimizing, creating content, optimizing, and hoping that you know at least a few of those posts end up being the thing that kind of take off or start ranking higher or start driving that traffic. But... Once you've got them, once you've hit on some things, you don't need to keep creating content at that same pace. Now, you might want to keep continue creating a little bit of content just to keep things fresh, to let Google know this site is not stagnant, that we are producing new content. You might want to update some of your older stuff and republish it with a newer date. That's something that you can do also. But you don't need to be continually killing yourself to make more and more fresh content when you could be spending that time focused on other things like creating <laughs> products. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes, I could. <laughs> because that is definitely where you need to go next. It's creating yeah, products. It so is. let's and talk about let's talk about that fear. What's what's your big fear in creating products? I think I've got several. Um I think partly I've been giving everything away for free and I'm kind of concerned that my audience, my audience are really lovely and I've got um, like a buy me a coffee button on my website and I get quite a few, like more than I ever expected, click on that. So my audience are quite generous and I think they're probably not going to be as intimidated by paying for something as I am by asking, but <laughs> I've never asked for money like from them ever. So yeah, just starting that process. So I'm having like a, a no-nonsense November because I'm really, really good at procrastinating and, and putting this stuff off. Like I new levels I didn't even know I was capable of. So I've started and I've, I've created a tripwire that I think will work. And then I kind of stopped and froze because part of that information is already on my website. So I'm like, well, why would people pay for this? And then I'm like, well, do I take it off? Do I remove that post? But it's ranking in Google. And and I didn't know what to do. So I didn't do anything. (laughs) I know it's bad. Please don't shout. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to shout yet. Um, (laughs) Yet. (laughs) There's still time. (laughs) There's there's no reason just because you have something out there on your website already or some of the content out there on your website that you can't also create a paid product with it. Just because you're giving something away for free doesn't mean that people won't be willing to pay to have that information in a more easily digestible format, to have it, uh, to have you gather a whole bunch of stuff and put it together um, in one place so that they don't have to search for it. That's that's also a product. Like if you've been creating this amazing content, you can take 
some of the best of that amazing content, bundle it together and turn it into something, whether it's a workbook or an ebook or something, maybe you add a few things to it, but it's okay to repurpose the content that you've already put out there in order to create your product. A lot of times what people are paying for is not the content itself because, I mean, let's be... Let's be honest, there's nothing out there that we couldn't Google. You're yeah. you're an elite blog academy student. If you want to find information about blogging, you can Google how to start a blog, how to do blogging. I'm sure you have probably Googled all that stuff. <laughs> yes, <I have. laughs> and what's and why do you why did you still pay for Elite Blog Academy? Well, because you wanted basically someone to teach you. You wanted a community of people that were going to you were going to be able to tap into, but you also wanted a system and a step-by-step process. And you wanted somebody else to do the work for you of gathering all this information together and saying, okay, here's what you do first. Here's what you do second. Here's what you do third. Think of it that way. And think of all the things that you have and how you could do that for your people. So I'm, I don't know your avatar, but I'm guessing your avatar is someone who's if you're if you talk about traveling and RVing, your avatar is probably somebody who's thinking about RVing and wanting information of how to do it, where to go, how to get started, yeah. Yeah. all of those things. Well, yeah. that's a product right there. Yeah. You're, <laughs> right? All the things yeah. that you're writing about that people are searching for. And the fact that you are ranking for these search terms. And people are already coming to you because they're searching for these solutions. Mm-hmm. That even makes it more obvious that you have to create the products to go along with that solution. So you give them some great solutions in your post. And then you say, okay, now you need this thing that gives you all the solutions right here. And that's your product. Which then leads me to my next question. I have mm-hmm. many, many questions. Um, so how do I know what is a full product. I mean, I haven't got to a point where I've thought of a really good course idea that my avatar would pay like several hundred pounds for. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm starting smaller. So I'm thinking more like, like you said, ebooks and gathering the information somewhere, maybe some workbooks or something. But yes. how do I know what is sort of a low to medium price product? What should be a tripwire or what should be a lead magnet? Like they're all pain points and they're yeah. all answering them, but how do I know yep. which one goes? It's a really where? good question. So a lead magnet is the freebie, the thing that you're giving away for free in exchange for your email address. So that should never be something that feels so substantial that it almost makes people go, why is she giving this away for free? Because you're, what you're giving away is there's sort of this equity exchange, right, that happens. So you're saying, hey, I want you on my email list. I'm willing to give you this free thing. That's a, I'm willing to exchange value in exchange for your email address. This is this is and those two things have to be somewhat equitable. They can't be. It can't be you're giving away this hundred page, super in depth, amazing thing that people would be willing to pay ninety seven dollars for, and you're giving it away for free because that's too much of a commitment for somebody to just to they. It's almost like it backfires because you're giving so much away that they go, okay, they're they're like there's something that's not right here. This is there has to be a catch. So I always recommend for your lead magnet and your or your freebie for it to be something that is valuable, but that gives somebody a really quick win. So whether it's a checklist or a cheat sheet or something that's maybe one or two pages, um, you know, maybe five pages at most, something that's small and easily digestible that feels like it gives them the answer to a quick problem, but not some big extended thing. And that's what you would give away for free. Yeah. 
And then a tripwire is going to be one step up from that. So it's going to be something that allows you to do to solve maybe that same problem, but to solve it easier, faster, or more in-depth than you would be able to solve with just a cheat sheet. So say you have a cheat sheet for something, and then the tripwire offers maybe a complete workbook or something that, or an ebook, or something that allows you to go a little bit deeper. Or maybe it's an instructional video that goes along with something. I mean, it, I, or tutorial for some people. Um, depending on, it, of course, depends on what your niche is and what your audience is and what the problem and solution that you're looking to create there. But it's something that's just a little bit more substantial. So it's something that somebody's willing to pay a little bit more for. And and the idea of a tripwire, or sometimes it's 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 called a tripwire, which is not always the best term, but it can be be just like an order bump or an upsell. Those are also things things. But usually, the idea is that it's sort of an impulsive purchase. So somebody has opted into your freebie; they're excited about this solution that you're providing, and you're giving them the opportunity to purchase at a discount something a little bit bigger. So say if you had um, a workbook that was then maybe a $47 value and you offered it for, say – $25 $25 or $19. And I'm talking in dollars. I know you, you operate. No, it's pounds. fine. I'm, my brain will convert it. Don't okay. Worry about it. <laughs> but, um, but just, uh, and, you, and this is also something that you have to, you have to test. So everything that you do, just assume that when it comes to pricing, you're going to have to test it. So maybe you try, you try doing a tripwire at $12 or you try doing it at $19 or you try doing it at $29. You can try any of those. You don't know what one is actually going to work or convert the highest until you try it out. And how and, long do you test it for? Um, it depends. It depends how many people you have coming into, um, like opting in. So okay. I would say that you want to you want to have enough people opting into something that you actually have an opportunity to test it. So that would be probably on a split test, getting at least 100 per 100 opt-ins per would be probably okay. enough time. So if you're running ads to an, a lead magnet, then maybe you're getting that many in three days. Or if you're not running ads and it's taking longer, you're getting everything organically. It might take you three weeks or to get that many opt-ins. But you want to give yourself enough time to actually see which one is converting and which one is performing better. Okay, cool. And is there like, how do you know if it's almost too long for Tripwire? Like if I put together an ebook of 10 blog posts, my blog posts are crazy long because <laughs> I'm giving yeah. away it all for free. Um, <laughs> so they're like several thousand words each. But is that like, should I aim for a certain number of words for Tripwire or a certain number of pages? Or I don't think so. I think it's more about the, it's more about the transformation than it is about the content itself. So you can okay. have a really amazing Tripwire that is not a lot of pages or not a lot of words, but it's giving some sort of amazing value along with it or some sort of amazing transformation. So when it comes to selling, and this is something you're really going to work on because clearly selling is definitely like something that is a little scary for you, (laughs) but you're never selling a product. You're always selling a transformation. And by transformation, I don't necessarily mean like you take a caterpillar and turn it into a butterfly, although that is a transformation. It's 
the end result. So whenever you buy something, you're always buying the end result of what you're going to get from that product, not necessarily what the product is itself. So we ultimately, we don't actually care, you know, how many chapters is in an ebook or how many words is in a book or how many, how many videos are in there. If, if we can get something faster, we're actually happier with that, right? If it takes us less time, but we get the same results, easier and faster, then that's not, nobody's going to complain about that. So it's really about the end result that you're delivering and not necessarily about the actual content itself or how, or how many words or any, I wouldn't get caught up in that at all. Okay. Are you, what's your fear archetype? Are you a rule follower? Uh, No, I'm a procrastinator. Okay. (laughs) Rule follower, I think was third. uh, I was going to say, pretty high up there on rule follower. Yeah, I really was. That and people pleaser. (laughs) Yeah, the three are all mixed in together. That's funny. (laughs) But yeah, I think that it doesn't, it's really just about the, it's really about what you're, what the result is that you're giving to people. And honestly, even if you create something as a tripwire to use as a order bump from your freebie, I think that it's also important to sell that product on its own and to create a sales page for it and to actually promote that by itself. So whether you have that as a flash sale or whether you do a flash sale to your existing audience or send something out to your email list, get it out there and start selling it and get feedback on it because the feedback is going to allow you to make things better. I know as a procrastinator, one of the things that's probably really hard for you is the idea of putting something out there and having it fail or not be great or having people not like it or having it not be perfect or all of yeah. those things, right? We all don't want to don't want to screw it up. You don't want <laughs> no. it to be, you don't want to make a mistake. But here's the deal. If, as an entrepreneur, you've got to put stuff out there and sometimes it's going to fail. Sometimes it's not going to be good. Sometimes it's going to be incomplete. And and the only way to know that, honestly, is to put it out there and to have people tell you that it's not very good. And that sucks. It really does. It's so hard. But when you can get things out there and get the feedback, that is what get, makes things better and better and better. And so sometimes, and sometimes you'll put something out there and it's not the product itself. And you might find out that the people that do buy it, maybe you have people that buy it or people that get it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But you're like, so why, if people love it so much, why are hardly any, why is hardly anybody buying it? Well, then you know that it's probably a sales copy issue. It's a messaging issue. It's something that's happening with how you're getting people to buy the product, yeah. not in the product itself. And so usually there's two, there's either one of two issues, right? There's either a messaging problem with the way that you're selling it, <laughs> or there's a product problem. And an easier problem to fix is the messaging problem and not and the product, not the product problem. But they're both fixable pro- problems. So even either one, you just need to have the data on. So it's not a failure. It's just research. 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 And would you do <laughs> I've just got to like baby seed launch in unit mm-hmm. eight. Um, so would you do a seed launch for something like an ebook or would you just send an email and, and get it out there? And Yeah, just- I would probably. So uh, for a baby seed launch, I think is great for a course. It really lends itself to more of a course or a program or something that's a little bit more higher ticket. So at least $97 or 97 pounds if you – I don't know what the exchange rate is these days. Yeah, but I a little bit higher – priced, something that's going to be a little bit more effort and something that you would not actually create the whole course ahead of time, which I know is 
really hard for a procrastinator who wants to have everything completely done and perfect ahead of time. But you would only do the outline and you would sell it based on the promise of what you're going to deliver. And then you would do the whole thing live. So you would get your beta testers in there and then you would deliver the first lesson and you would take their feedback and take their questions and create the second lesson based on what what they were telling you from the first lesson and based on the feedback. And the reason why you would do something like that for your baby seed lunch is, first of all, you don't have to spend months and months creating a product that may or may not be viable. You want to get the minimum viable product out there as fast as possible, right? Um, But second of all, even if you think you've thought of everything, you haven't. I promise you, you haven't. Even when you think, and so then if you're psyching yourself out because you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought of everything. What if I get something wrong? Like just embrace the fact that you have, you have forgotten something and your people will tell you that you've forgotten something. And that's great. Like they're the ones who are helping you then create the course. And when you call it a beta, you have, you basically have permission for it to be half finished, right? You have you have permission to say, this is still a work in progress. It's not going to be great. You guys are getting a discount because you're helping me make sure that it's good and that I've yeah. covered everything that needs to be covered. And the benefit is that you're getting my direct attention. You're getting my direct feedback. So there's a lot of benefits for people that participate in betas. I love participating, <laughs> participating in betas. It's amazing. So there's all this great that there's this great benefit to them, but there's this great benefit to you because you have the permission to not have things be perfect and to just kind of learn things as you go. And that way, you know that when you do put the real thing out there, it's going to be great and it's going to be exactly what your people need. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I, I am, I kind of got a couple of ideas for courses, but I think it's probably better to put an ebook out or is that just me talking myself out of it um it might be <laughs> who knows but yeah I think do I, so I put an ebook out and then see how that's received and then see if maybe that could grow into a course is I that think the better you can way to do it? um a few different ways so I think the danger for you is that you're probably if you're if all of your blog posts are thousands and thousands of words long they really are. you're probably over delivering on content um rather than under delivering so I would I would caution you to not over deliver as much as you are right now and if you're going to do some sort of ebook or workbook um to to make it smaller than you think it needs to be because chances are that'll probably be already be way bigger than it needs to be and but also to get something out there as fast as possible yeah and um that's really like fail fast is is the motto here. And mi- have you heard of the minimum viable product? I just mentioned that a little while ago, but yeah. I want to say it again. MVP is the minimum viable product. You want to get something out there that you can sell as quickly as possible. Like don't mess around with it for weeks and months and at a time. Just get something out there, get it out there as fast as possible and start selling it because that's going to start giving you all of the data that you possibly need. So when it comes to what should I do first and what should I sell, I think that it's really important to start thinking about your product ladder. Have you ever heard of that term before? I think you used it in one of your other Get Ruth podcasts. Yeah. Uh, But before that, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So a product ladder is basically, I mean, think of it like a an actual ladder is that there's different tiers of different things. So you have you start with your 
freebies. So those are down at the bottom of your product ladder, your free free opt-ins and your free things that you're giving away. And then your next step is going to be your lowest price product. That's your tripwire. You're going to have your your $10, $12, $20 products, whatever those are, kind of in your lower range of products. And those can be great. And those are a great way for people to get introduced to you and get introduced to your brand. And I know there's a lot of people who actually make a full-time living on all $10, $20, $30 products. Like they're, and they're doing great. They're making more money than you're making on ads right now, just selling those $10 it. or $20, $20 products. <laughs> so that's totally... It's totally viable just to do those. However, you're going to you right now and you're getting a, a fair amount of traffic. You're getting a decent amount of traffic and that's awesome. But if you want to be selling more products to the same people, you're going to need to have more than just one product, right? You're going to need a few different products and a few different tiers of products. So then the next thing would maybe be your program. And your program is going to be a little bit more expensive, maybe $100, maybe $200, $300, something in there. And again, you have to sell fewer of those in order to make more money. The higher priced your product the fewer you have to sell in order to make the same amount of money, right? That's like basic math. <laughs> and, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> right. So then, and then from there, you go you go up even more. So the higher the price the product, the usually the more high touch it is or the more high value it is. So, and, and depending on your niche, there's certain products that you can pay more for. There are certain types of products that people are willing to pay more for. So people are always going to be willing to pay more for more hands-on attention for you actually doing things for them. So if you're in the travel niche, maybe that would mean somehow like creating, and this might not even be something that you have any interest in doing, but it might mean saying, okay, I will, I will put together a custom travel RV plan for you. Here's your list. Here's your everything. It's completely customized just for you. Maybe you do something like that and it's a thousand dollars. This is totally speculation. I don't even know if that would be something that you would be interested in or a right fit for your, for your audience, but you see, you see how I, where I'm going with that. So the, the more hands-on high touch it is. So for instance, in our company, we have, you know, we have things starting at $10 and $12 products going ranging all the way up to a $20,000 mastermind and lots of different things in between. But the higher your highest price item, the more valuable all of your products become. Does that make sense? Because if you're the higher your high end is, the more people value all of your, all of your products. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I always recommend that you have at least a few different tiers because it gives more value to everything that you do. Okay. So one of my biggest posts is like a step-by-step guide on how to tour Europe in a motorhome for people who've never done it before. It's, I don't know how many thousands of words long, but it's huge. It probably is like an ebook all on itself. So obviously that is like one of a, a big keyword. People are searching for that information. Would you reduce the information on that page and then package it up and sell it? Or am I just hurting myself doing that or what? Well, you can do a couple of things. So you can, for something like that, that's really high value. Um, And honestly, I think a really good example of this is Pat Flynn has a 
uh, blog post. It's about how to start a podcast. And I think it's something like 5,000 words, same, same type of thing. Like it's so value, value packed and, and has so much good information in there. And he's done a really good job of adding affiliate links in there and monetizing that post from that standpoint. But now he, but then he also created a course that is how to start a podcast course. And that's the primary way that he, because that ranks like number one on Google. When you search for how to, how to um, start a podcast, that's what people are looking for. But then he automatically guides people right into his course, even though he's giving a lot of information away. So it goes right back to the thing I was talking about from the beginning is that even though you're giving a lot of really good information away for free, which is causing you to rank so high. So I would be, especially if you're ranking really high for that on, That's on Google, right about. Yeah. I would be cautious about taking information away. However, okay. I would guide people into your funnel from there and start offering them. If you know that's what people are searching for, and chances are if they're reading this entire very in-depth in, in article and you're giving them the great information, they're going to start coming to you as a resource and an expert for that for that exact thing, which means that when they're ready to go a little bit deeper and they want more information and more pe- and there are high fact finder people out there who I'm not one of them. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I know they exist um, that want as much information as possible and they want to go deeper. And so they will, they'll see that and they will see you as a credible source of information and then be more willing to buy your product as a result of that. Okay, cool. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so let's talk about this um, on this on-site conversion rate because that I think the thing that worries me most about you is that you're getting really good traffic, mm-hmm. but you're not getting a lot of email conversions right now, right? Yeah, I've got about three and a half thousand people on my list. Okay, um, so it's not like horrendous, but. I, I I didn't even know how to work it all out until your podcast, whenever it was the other week. I was like, oh, I should do that. Oh, oh, that's not good. Um, <laughs> and what was even funny, it's the first time I did it. I didn't know you had to times it by 100. So it was like 0.015 or something. I was like, oh, my God. And then it got a bit better. So it was all right. Um, so I've been experimenting this month a little bit with creating custom email funnels for I've got like two or three avatars. Um, so I've got like the baby, baby motorhomers who have just bought their van and they're all excited. Like, what do I do with this thing? Um, so I've been creating these sort of custom email sequences that walk them through the process. And now I'm thinking, is that a really bad idea? Should I sell them an ebook instead? Probably yes. is your answer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but what Actually, you should be selling them a lot of things. Well, that's um, probably true. So yeah. you don't have a lot of things to sell yet, which is part of like part of the issue, right? Is that you don't have a lot of things to sell. Yeah. So, um, first of all, you need to get more people onto your list. So even as I'm looking at your site right now, I can see that you don't really have great like you're not, you're, there's, I'm not surprised that you're only getting 1% conversion rate. Let's just say that. Like, it's not obvious that you should. 
um, opt-in, the first thing I'm seeing is this pop-up that says follow on Instagram and not your email. If you're going to promote something, it should not be Instagram. It should be your email list. Oh, okay? that my Milo tree pop-up Let's or whatever it was? just yeah. talk about that right <laughs> <Okay>. now. You <laughs> should <laughs> not be pushing people to your Instagram. You should be pushing people to your email list. Okay. <laughs> but there are so many ways that you can be promoting your email promoting your email. So you need to have a really great lead magnet and you should have a signature lead magnet. So if you know that most people are coming to your site for a specific reason, then having your most popular lead magnet is the thing that you want to be promoting all over the place. So whatever that is, whatever the thing is that you know converts the highest, that is always the easy, the easy quick win for people. You should have a pop-up, you should have a, a something up there in your header telling people, hey, grab this. You should have the hello bar at the top of your site. You should, there's so many different ways. You should have something at the top of every post. You should have something at the bottom of every post. You should have links in your post itself. I think that there are, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit on your website that you could get a lot more conversions and up that conversion rate. I would love to see that conversion rate for you, that on-site conversion rate. Right now it's 1%. I think you could easily, based on the fact that you're not doing anything right now and you're still getting 1%, you should be able to easily get that up to 5%. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah that'd be five times the number of people opting on your e- opting into your email list. For every 100 people, instead of getting one person, you'd be getting yeah. five people. Yeah. So think of how quickly at 100,000 page views a month, how quickly your email list would start to grow. So that's important. You need to yeah. start making those changes on there right away. So but, should I do that before I put out like a product or should I do the product and then the email conversion? Which one? Such a good about? question. What to focus on first. <laughs> um, because you've been procrastinating your product so much mm-hmm. and because you're so scared of it, that's what I would tell you to do first. Okay. So I want you to get something out there that you can start selling right away. And I know with all the amazing content that you've been creating and the fact that it is people are responding to it so well and that it is driving so much traffic, I'm pretty sure that you have enough content already on your site to start repurposing that into products, at least one product, maybe even two or three products without even having to really create anything new or write anything new. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see you get like three ebook workbook type things done before the end of the year. So that gives you when, when we're recording, this is what November. So that gives you five weeks. I can do that. Okay. To get those done. Good. And get those up and running so that you can start promoting those. And, um, then along with that, I would like you to, I would like to see So once you start building your email list, I would like you to, I would like to see you create a better inbox sequence of when people come in your site. So I think you have something where you're giving them all this information, right? I want to see you have something that's more selling them. (laughs) So maybe it ends ends up being a couple of, a couple of weeks that they come onto your, they come onto your list and you introduce yourself and you say, Hey, this is what I'm all about. This is, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm going to send you a couple of free gifts. And so then maybe you send them another one of your freebies the next day. And then maybe you send them a link to a blog post that says, Hey, if you're thinking about getting started, the, here's the checklist of things that you need. And maybe it has like affiliate links, right? To all of your, all of the products that they're going to need. Cause I'm sure you probably have a site, a, a post like that, right? 
it could be better, but yes, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have so the place. Right. I don't have the link. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a couple. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. So you send them to that one. And then maybe the next week you say, hey, guess what? Good news. We're having a flash sale. And it's a flash sale just for that person and just in that week, right? And it sends, it maybe sends a couple of emails in a flash sale sequence to your first product. And then you have another week that goes by. And the next week, maybe you send, you know, send a couple more high value added type emails where you're sending them to a blog post, or you're just kind of sending to a a few things the next week, flash sale for product number two, and then same thing. So repeat, repeat, repeat. So you have five or six weeks, you've got three different flash sales to your three new products in there. So right away, you have people who are opting into your list and they're getting opportunities to buy right away, you know, within the first week, within the third week, within the fifth week, and they're, and they will, and believe it or not, they will. And so the more people that you can start to get opted into your list, you'll start to see that happen, but then you're going to have all these people on your list that you need to continue to nurture and continue to email and actually continue selling to them. I guarantee that you are not selling to your list enough because you're not selling <laughs> at all. It's like Black Friday now. Like, <laughs> I, I have no emails going out. I have no plan. <laughs> There's oh, nothing happening. Yes. I'm just putting my head in the sand and yes. pretending it's not happening. <laughs> yes. So you need to start working on that too and okay. start working on, okay, so this is why you need more products, but you have you have a few of your own. Start looking into different affiliate programs. There are plenty of other travel bloggers that are out there that probably have affiliate programs for their products that you could start promoting. There's a lot of stuff that's out there. I've that, done lots. I'm yeah. just not promoting them. <laughs> so you already have them. So now yeah, it's, yeah. you need to start, you need to basically make a list of all the things that you can start promoting and then make a schedule. I know you're not real big on schedules, but <laughs> if you refuse to have an editorial calendar for your blog, which is fine, I'm not going to be mad at you because I think you're posting too much content anyways. <laughs> but I want you to have an editorial calendar for your email especially as you start to grow that email list. And so this, as we're heading into the new year, really think about, okay, how am I going to be emailing? And you should be emailing at least a few times a week. And at least one of those times should be you selling something, okay? So if you're emailing three times a week, at least one one time should be like a very direct call to action. Hey, here's a great product. You should check it out by this. Okay, Okay. almost that direct. Like it's okay to be bossy sometimes with your emails. Now, still provide a lot of value. You can still link to your, maybe you send out an email linking to a post once a week. There's lots of different stuff that you can send out that's high value, but you should never be afraid to be direct and to make the ask because people are on your list because they're wanting this information. And you're a curator, not just of great content, but you're a curator of great products that they actually want and need, and they will start to thank you for. I promise. So- I think there were, I'm thinking while you're talking and there were two things that I think scared me when I started blogging because I started in, <laughs> I, I started realizing that blogging was like a business or you could make money from it in, yes. in May last year and that was when GDPR happened. Oh, okay. And, and I sort of like, oh, yeah, I could do this. Oh, my goodness, what's GDPR? I don't understand it. I don't know what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do, especially in the UK and in Europe. Mm-hmm. It just is this huge thing. So that kind of became stumbling block number one. 
And I'm still a little bit unsure about like what I'm allowed to send people when they've opted in or when they're on. Like if I send them a freebie and they haven't signed, I, I get confused. <laughs> and then the second thing is, I know Amazon, like you're not allowed to send links for Amazon in your emails. And then I'm like, oh, does that apply to all affiliate programs? And I don't know how to find out necessarily. And it's just Amazon. Yeah. So everything else is all right. Everything else, okay. especially especially if you're if you're um, signed up for other other business owners and other entrepreneurs, their programs and their products, I guarantee you they want you to send emails. I don't know what the deal is with Amazon <laughs> and why they are against that because it seems crazy, but everyone else wants you to send emails. Okay. They really okay. do. So I wouldn't worry about I wouldn't worry about that at all. As far as the GDPR, is that what it is? GDPR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I am probably not the right person to ask about that. <laughs> um, but I would, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that you're probably doing your due diligence as far as when people opt in, they have to check the box and double opt in and you're doing all the things that you're required to do in the UK. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Like once they're on your list and you know, you're following the rules to get them on your list, then I think you're, you're pretty safe. Okay. So I would just go ahead and I guarantee you, you're doing, right now you're doing zero. Yeah, so I really am. <laughs> there is a lot of room for improvement there and you cannot let, you cannot let the fear of every box being checked off every single time be the thing that holds you back in your business because mm-hmm. chances are there will always be a box that's left unchecked at some point. There's always going to be a moment where you screw up and don't get some regulation perfectly right at every single time. And honestly, I think that a lot, of, sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. You just do what you do. You, you, tr- you know, not that I don't think you should follow the rules. I think that you should try and comply as much as possible. But when the rules become so complicated that nobody can really figure them out, all you can do is the best that you can do. Yeah. And if somehow, somewhere along the way, somebody reports you for something, then you apologize, you fix it, and you move on. That's, yeah. I mean, that is basically what being in business is all, all about because chances are most of us are not going to be able to figure every single regulation out at every moment in time per- completely perfectly or we'll make ourselves crazy in the process and nothing will ever happen. Which is what happened. I've gone yeah. crazy and nothing's happened. And that's not what we want. No. That's not what we want at all. So, yeah. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. Okay. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> well, Kat, I feel like you have some really good action steps to take at this point. Some really some really good focused items. Like, I'm impressed, actually, about at how much you've been able to accomplish in the last year and a half. I love that you're focusing on SEO. And I feel like you have amazing potential. <laughs> Seriously, you really, truly do. But you have to get out of you have to get out of the bottom feeding mentality of chasing page views, because that will never that is not the way to earn a full-time living. And if you're constantly, if you're constantly so busy trying to create more and more content in order to get more and more page views, it's a losing, it's a, it's a losing proposition. Yeah. It's exhausting. (laughs) And it's not necessary because there's so many ways that you could be making more money and maximizing your revenue with the same amount of traffic. And I think now you have a really good plan to do that. Okay. I have one last question. If you have time. Yeah. I, created a resource library before I realized that that might be a bad idea. 
<laughs> um, oh, the resource library. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> do you think I should close it down or at least not make it like obvious so the people who've already got access can get access to a link, but it's not necessarily obvious on my site anymore? And then promote individual things or is there a better way to do that? So I'm not a huge fan of resource libraries in terms of having it be something that you're just promoting all the time. Like here, join my resource library. Um, I don't, from a logistical delivery standpoint, I don't actually have a problem with it. If it's easier for you once somebody opts in to say, here's the password to the resource library, you know, thanks so much for opting in. Here's the password to the resource library. You can grab your freebie here and they can get it there. Um, I think that that's okay, but I would only ever promote one lead magnet at a time. I wouldn't even talk about the resource library publicly. That way, then you have the opportunity to close it down at any point if you want to, which you still do. I mean, let's be honest. It's your stuff. You're giving things away for free. You can tell people, hey, this is going away at the end of the month, so grab what you want now, and then it's going to be done. So it's not that big of a deal, but I think that way you also have the ability to if you only want to give something away for free for a limited amount of time, then you put it in there for a little while and then you can take it out and you have more freedom with that. So I don't actually have a problem with it from a logistical delivery standpoint, just from a, I don't feel like it's the best marketing tool standpoint. Okay. So yeah, advertise. Yeah. So sort of look at one one specific thing in it at a time. Okay, that makes sense. I think people get overwhelmed with choices. And so, and you want to be very specific with what you're promoting. Here is this thing. This will provide the solution to this problem that I know you're struggling with right now. Here's your instant fix. And so you just want to be much clearer and sometimes resource library. I mean, I think bloggers know what that is, but other people are like, what the heck is a resource library? I don't need a resource library. I need to know X, Y, Z. So I think it's, yeah, to, you can, you can market it better than that. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, Kat, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for being vulnerable. thank you so much for your time. I hope you feel like you have a good plan. I, I have lots of plans. Yeah, (laughs) I'm, I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to seeing, like you say, what, what could happen when I, put in a bit of effort and yeah. in a more concentrated effort rather than just being a hamster on a wheel trying to keep yeah. churning. Yeah. Don't just keep churning. I mean, the content, the content trap happens to so many people, especially when you're in that mode of, okay, I need more traffic to get more revenue. And if that's all you're putting out there, then it, it sucks up all the air mm-hmm. out of the room and suddenly there's no energy for anything else. But I think you have such amazing potential right now. You've got great traffic already coming there. You've all you need to do is get those email numbers up and then actually start selling to your email list, <laughs> which does require some products. But you are going to you're going to be amazed actually at how quickly you can increase your revenue. Like you've done the hard work, you've laid the foundation, and now you have this ability to just take off, which I'm really excited about. Cool. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. No, thank you. Kat has done an amazing job of building up a pretty substantial audience in a relatively short amount of time. I love that she has found a way to tap into SEO to drive traffic because when it comes to traffic, 
SEO really is the gift that keeps on giving. You do the work on the front end, and it seems like it takes a long time to see the results. But once you do start to see those results, those results and all that traffic just keeps on coming. That said, Cat has fallen into a trap that is very common for bloggers and online business owners, and that is the trap of believing that her revenue is intrinsically tied to the number of page views she's receiving, and that the only way to grow her revenue is to get more traffic. This simply isn't true. At 100,000 monthly page views for a very niched website in the UK, Cat is actually crushing it when it comes to traffic, and she should be making a lot more money right now. She's got a lot of low-hanging fruit available to her right now that is just ripe for the picking. So just to recap, these were the three biggest action steps that we identified she needs to take right now. First, Kat needs to create some products. She's been avoiding products like the plague because she's so afraid of making a mistake and also afraid that she's been giving, giving too much away for free. But as we discussed, you can't really worry about making mistakes when it comes to products because the only way to know whether you've made a mistake is to get something out there. The good news is that since she's creating digital products, even if she does make a mistake, she can easily fix it. Now, giving too much away for free isn't really a problem either because now she can take all that amazing content and bundle it together to create her products. It doesn't matter that the bits and pieces have already been published already, because the value is in the convenience and the fact that she's packaging everything together into something that is more easily digestible. The next thing that she needs to do is grow her email list. She's got lots of traffic, but Kat's not doing nearly enough to convert that traffic into email subscribers. We talked about a few ways that she can easily increase her on-site conversion rate that I think will make a huge difference relatively quickly. And third, she needs to start selling to her list. Right now, Kat isn't selling at all, not anything. And let me tell you, it is hard to have a successful business if you're not selling anything. Kat needs to rewrite her email welcome sequence so that all her new subscribers have opportunities to purchase all these new products she's creating. And she also needs to start being a whole lot more intentional with how she sells to her list. As we also discussed, Kat needs to cut way back on the amount of content she's creating and instead focus that time and energy on creating new products, maybe even a course or a program. I feel very confident that if she's able to follow these steps, Kat will be able to dramatically increase her revenue very quickly. And I can't wait to see where the next few months are going to take her business now that she has a solid plan of attack to follow. We are definitely going to be checking in with Kat in the next few months to see how things are going. And in the meantime, don't forget that if you'd like to get all the show notes for this episode, along with all the links to everything that we just talked about, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 92. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 92. And then once again, don't forget to go grab your free copy of How to Blog for Profit Without Selling Your Soul. All you have to do is pay for shipping. You can get it at eliteblogacademy.com slash book. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics you want to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. 
And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Rutsuka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would post a review on iTunes. And then while you're there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, next week we will be chatting with best-selling author and motivational speaker John O'Leary about the power of choosing your response even when life hands you some pretty tough circumstances. John has an amazing story. It's really, really compelling. And I think this is one you guys are not going to want to miss. And I will catch you 